Hello, everyone. It is Morgan here, and we are back with another mini episode with none other than Cynthia Schreiner, continuing the conversation of being a woman in the channel and what it means to you and me and Cynthia. You get to hear what her experiences have been so far and what it means to be a woman in the channel for her. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Cynthia, to Actually a Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We are so excited you're here. I know it's just me today, but Kelsey was also very excited you're here too. Um, Yay. She probably deals with me enough. She was like, hey, we could do that one. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone that doesn't know you, can you share, you know, who you are, your full name, date of birth, all that? (laughs) Mm, yeah, social security number, right? Like, yeah, this of is course. totally secure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm an Aries who likes long walks on the oh. beaches. No. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Cynthia Schreiner. I work uh, at CyberQP as Director of Community and Events. I live in sunny Tampa, Florida, but I used to live in Houston, which is where I mostly grew up. And I have two kids and husband to have been married to for 19 years. Wow. I don't feel old enough to have been married that long. So I'm not quite sure how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so before CyberQP, I was at LionGuard. And before LionGuard, I taught drama for two years. Um, and before that, I worked at an MSP. So yeah, kind awesome. of a, a varied past. I did not know that you taught drama. That is so cool. Yeah. So it was drama and choir at a uh, like private middle school outside of Houston. It was really fun. My biggest like task there was putting together the spring musical and they wanted every single middle schooler, which was about 75 kids to be involved in it. So then figuring out, okay, what, what show can we do in a kid junior version? So it's not too long and not too complicated that we can have enough, you know, people in the background that can be involved in it. But it was really fun too, because I got to teach kids like how to like do backstage things, right? And how to run a light board and music cues. And we let the orchestra kids do the big, you know, overture at the beginning. And it was just, it was a really neat experience. That's so cool. So you started in an MSP. What initially attracted you to this industry? Okay. So I always say like, I'm a complete accident, like everything that (laughs) happened, but it's just really all just like hard work and being kind has really gotten me to like where I am. You know, my husband's in the medical field has a million degrees, I swear. Uh, (laughs) So he went that path and has been very successful. But for me, I was actually, well, it started, I was waiting tables and someone sat at my table, liked my service and asked me if I might be interested in leasing apartments. So I decided to move into leasing apartments. I leased apartments, worked my way up to an assistant manager where one of my, one of my residents was uh, Joe Alipat, who owned an MSP, who later mm. started uh, LionGuard. So um, as he was moving out, he said like, hey, actually he sent his wife in and <laughs> asked if I might be interested in working for him because they were looking in, like to bring in like their first office manager. Mm-hmm. So I took that opportunity. And that moved from invoicing and taking care of like HR and like pre-screening people for, you know, to see if we even like 
wanted to have an interview with them to actually fully implementing Autotask within there, setting up all the workflows. Um, Joe just really saw something in me and like actually was the one that said like, you're really way more technical than you give yourself credit for. Mm -hmm. And just really kind of like opened my mind up to the fact that like, I'm not just, it's not just that I'm nice. It's not just that I'm a hard worker, that there's like more going on in my brain than like just my creativity, yeah. uh, which was really interesting. So I worked there and then, you know, started having babies and all of that. <laughs> they got acquired and I decided to do the drama thing for a couple of years and then just had this weird feeling that like it was time for me to leave there. Mm -hmm. uh, within a month or two, we had got the opportunity to move to Florida. And so then we moved to Florida and Langard called me up and said, Hey, we're ready to like have some people that we like, you know, back with us. And that's kind of how I ended up here. When I started with Langard, I was invoicing, I was marketing, I was doing back end HubSpot work, I was doing a bit of everything. And I went to my yeah. first conference and I said, Ooh, this. Can mm -hmm. I be the one to do this? <laughs> and everyone was like, yes, none of us want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the musical stuff, right? Like directing a musical, it, there's a lot of similarities in directing an event, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to think about all of these moving parts. And it's not just people standing on a stage. There's, right. there's the music, there's the dance, there's the lights. So how do you create that experience, right? Yeah. And you, it's got to be super organized. You've got to understand the flow. So it really, it you know, you look at my resume and it's like, oh, she doesn't have a bit experience, but really, there it's there. Yeah, it's just buried in some different words. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. I did not know that about you. That's so cool. I'm a total accident. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you've made a full career out of it, and so it obviously it was a good accident that happened, right? Mm, very good. Yes. So what does being a woman in the channel mean to you? That's such a like, <laughs> big question. I think for me, it just the most important thing to make sure that I'm like pushing everything forward for the next generation, for the youths and the Kelseys and, and even younger than y'all is just making sure that whatever the conversation is that I'm pushing it forward, mm -hmm. right? That I'm doing more good and not just kind of keeping with the status quo, right? right? So in challenging myself. And the other great thing is that I find that learning from the younger generation, because I feel like y'all have been exposed to so much more about DEI and just equality in general. And mm -hmm. like, I started learning about microaggressions, like truly learning, not just sort mm -hmm. of like, oh, I understand, but like truly learning about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So then now that I have that information and things that kind of irked me, I kind of, I can see them in a different light. How do I push that forward so that for the next generation, it's better yeah. and they're educated earlier uh, and, and they're just in a better environment. So I think that's what yeah. it means or what's important to me. Yeah. <laughs> that that's fantastic and it it kind of goes into to my next question on like what you were kind of talking about microaggressions and things like are there any unique challenges that you faced being a woman in this space? So I think for me I'm probably going to answer this a little bit differently than you've heard before. So for me being someone that I really enjoy being helpful, right? Mm -hmm. So I I like being helpful. But I also understand that I've always been rewarded for being a helpful woman. So mm -hmm. to kind of figure out which, you know, the chicken and the egg there, right? Mm -hmm. um, add in a little dose of Southern, right? Like <laughs> I just, I want to be nice. I want to be pleasing. Again, chicken or the egg. 
I'm not sure, but there's definitely a lot of that is in me. So you, you know, the most common microaggression that we, that like, you know, everyone kind of talks about is like a woman taking notes during a meeting, Mm -hmm. but I actually like taking notes because I like being helpful and I have ADD. So it helps me stay focused. And so if I'm happy to do that every time, am I falling into a gender role or am I just doing what I like to do? Mm -hmm. And so I, I struggle personally with that balance of figuring Mm -hmm. that out because I believe that the microaggressions are there a hundred percent, but I also want to be true to who I am. Yeah. So that for me, that would be my unique challenge. Mm -hmm. How do you address it? Or like, you're not really challenging it. So that's not the right way to say it, but how do you address that? I think just always taking a pause before I jump in to say that I'll do something. If someone Mm. suggested it, just always taking a pause and trying to kind of just get the feel and the lay of the land, right? Yeah. Is it always me? Should it always be me? Because I'm, I also say yes way too often. So <laughs> a lot of times it should not always be me doing things, right? Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out, is this person asking because they truly need help or because they just assume that I'll do it? So, so for me, it's just taking the pause because I don't want to assume that everything is just because I'm a woman. Right. Um, but also I might be better at certain tasks because I've gotten asked to do them so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just taking a pause and asking myself, like, is this a situation where I need to challenge it? And, and you know, maybe suggest that someone else does it or is this okay? Yeah. Because sometimes it's okay. So just yeah. pausing. Yeah. Pause. And kind of like deconstructing and looking at the situation and for what yeah. it is. Yeah. 100%. Right. Totally understanding people's intent because sometimes you just need help. Yeah. Now I will say the other unique challenge that I ran into at one point uh, was like, and I kind of talked to, you know, I sort of alluded to it beforehand, but with my past, my resume, right. So it was like, I worked at an MSP as an office manager. So like everyone just kind of heard like, you know, just things sort of like assistant, she's the office lady. Like, mm-hmm. and then I had, and I worked part-time for a long time there too, after I had kids. And then I worked part-time as like this drama teacher, but like I've been with my kids and then I had a whole year off when we moved to Florida with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I have faced some challenges where when I felt like I was ready to maybe move to the next part of my career, um, whether it was a title change or money or just, you know, career pathing in general, where I got some pushback because of my quote unquote experience, which really mm-hmm. got me thinking it was that you know, hold on. I have been organizing events. Like if you look at like what mothers do for their family, like mm-hmm. I'm organizing every trip down to a T, like what yeah. we're doing and I'm taking care and multitasking. And there's so many things that I'm doing that sure it's, it's not that I was, you know, C-suite of this or that. And I wasn't, you know, this operating manager for 12 years or whatever, but I, they still have relevant experience. Yes. And so that's the other thing too, that when people are saying like, oh, I'm just really looking for like this or that. I always challenge them, like try to find mothers that are looking to get back into the workforce because mm-hmm. they're hard working. Yeah. They're ready to work. They have unique skills that they've been honing for years at home that are going to make your business better. Yeah. So that's something else too, that I've, I've faced and just tried to, so, you know, update your LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> be bold. Be like, just don't just say like, I was just this, like, listen yeah. all out, like make sure that, you know, your resume is really robust and don't apologize for anything because everything that you've done 
in your career, whether you were working, working, or you were at home, or you were taking a year abroad to study marshmallows in France, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was, there's relevant experience there, right? That you're going to bring and bring a unique perspective. So they don't ever think like, oh, well, this doesn't matter. I I was just doing this. No, you're always learning. You're always growing. And so just, you know, give yourself more credit. Give yourself more credit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Have you noticed any changes or improvements in terms of gender equality in the space since you've been here? Yeah, I have. I now this also might be because I'm a little a few years older than I was when I first got into the space. <laughs> <laughs> I it's it has been better for me as my career has progressed. I don't feel like I'm getting as aggressively like hit on maybe as much as I used to, which is nice. I don't get as many weird, inappropriate comments in the middle of the pub crawl at the booth. It still happens. But on the bigger part of that is that if something happens, the men around me, a lot of times are even more offended for me than I am for myself. Right. Uh-huh. Like, because, you know, I'm just like, oh, whatever. I was a bartender. I'm used to it. Like, I'm so used to schlepping it off. Mm-hmm. which isn't always great or good, but you know, we have to protect ourselves yeah. some way. Right. Uh, but like men around me will be like, Whoa, I can't believe he said that to you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, Oh, actually, yes, you're right. He shouldn't have talked to me. Right. <laughs> so I've definitely, I see more and more and more of that. And I see more men just entering the discussion asking, how can we be there? How right. can we be advocates? How, you know, I, I love that there is now list of people that aren't allowed to certain conferences because of their behavior, which just can make it safer for all of us. So I think, I think it's getting better, but I also, you know, some people are like, Oh, I don't want to hear about DEI anymore. I don't want to hear about, you know, that's, (laughs) yeah, that still exists. And so then it's just finding unique ways to open up the discussions with people that, you know, think that it's been over discussed so that maybe they can like enter the conversation from a different angle and like start to understand it. For sure. And we talked about that in our episode that we we just released too, where we have noticed that it's not as frequent for, for Kelsey and I, and we only oh, have good. two or three years under our belts, but from, you know, three years ago for me, like I've had so many experiences up until this point, but part of it too, I, I do think that more people are speaking up to not allow that behavior. But I also think that it's like, we've created ourselves and in you as well, this reputation that that behavior is not, we don't stand for it and we don't allow it. And I think that that's like a big thing for the next generation too, is making sure that you are aware of situations like that. And you can stand firm and have people around you that support you not allowing that to happen. Yes. And as women enter the channel and as men enter the channel, like making sure that we're having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Like you do not have to put up with anything from anyone. I don't care how big their MSP is. You don't, it's, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's, you don't have to tolerate anything. Yeah. So just, just all you have to do is just come to me and tell me, and then we can just make sure that, that you're good. And we can say that we're not going to do business with them and we can move forward. And then, you know, it's uncomfortable, but when we have new people coming on the road, having that conversation about, you know, listen, you're not here to hit on your coworkers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some booze flowing. I expect you to take care of yourself. Do not be a creep. Yeah. Do not, you know, do not be sloppy. Like yeah. you're here to represent us. You're here to work. Right. And just 
again, it's a little uncomfortable. Um, like when you have to talk to your kids about the big stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, but also the expectation is there. So yeah. now if something happens, I can say, listen, we talked about this. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care how attractive you found that guy across the booth. You were inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And so just, just again, making sure that like, they know it's not, we're not, it's not just a big party. Like we're yeah. here to do work, right? Like we're making right. a difference in businesses that are important to so many other businesses. Right. And so we've got to keep focused on that. And I think a big thing too is for, for me, I know that when I had people be inappropriate to me, that my biggest fear was not standing up for myself because I was afraid of the reputation that it, I was going to have on my organization. And so it's very encouraging that you and there are so many others that are like, I don't care how big your MSP is. I don't care who you are in this tier of things. We will right. not stand for that behavior. So I hope that people hear that and they understand that like, we will always support you. Yes. And then it's very important that leaders are also giving that message, right? Absolutely. That, you know, we're not, we're not putting up with, with any shenanigans like that, right? Mm-hmm. If someone is offensive to you, we don't want to do business with them. Yeah. You know, MSP, other vendor, whatever it is, we just, we don't have time for that. We're not going to play those games. And it it's really, really, really important for the business owners to let their people know that if they stand up for themselves, there will be no repercussions. Everything yeah. will be fine. Yeah. That's great. So Cynthia, are there any mentors or role models that have inspired you and supported you throughout your career here? Yeah, absolutely. So early on, two that come to mind are Christine Gassman, Mm -hmm. who at the time was at Datto. And I I met her at a Robin Robbins boot camp back in 2019. And it was like the first time that I was part of a co-sponsored party. That was really my first like it was really my first big event um, that I was managing all on my own. And just midway through the event, I'm talking with her and I said, what is your title? And it was like channel engagement manager or director, something along those lines. And she's like, why? And I was like, I just, what you're doing is what I want to do. And I Mm want to understand like what that title is and like how I get there. Mm -hmm. And so from there, like her and I, you know, we just over, like she was someone that I would always check in with when I had questions and um, later on, as I was maybe making some different career choices, like someone for me to talk to in a safe space. And then just also has just become a wonderful friend. She's a just darling, wonderful person. Um, and that is someone too, that will stand up for herself in a yeah. heartbeat without apology. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I love, love, love that because she inspires me to do that. Right. Like, so we always joke that I'm like the Southern version of her and <laughs> She's a Jersey version of me. Like, <laughs> so, it's so perfect. It's a nice, yeah. It's a nice balance. Right. Uh, but yeah, so she was super instrumental. And then also Becky Teal. I mm. mentioned her the other day too. So at the time she was with, you know, Evolve had, had just moved over from HTG and, uh, and all the great things that she's now doing over at Huntress. But again, just another person that any question I had about process, about, you know, just trying to understand like, why does this happen this way? You know, this person came in the room and everyone was like, you know, talking about them, like, who are they? Like just again, the industry knowledge and just never, I never felt like there was a question I couldn't ask her. That's awesome. uh, and then also someone now that like, you know, again, when I'm having these like career struggles or maybe struggles with, you know, 
an ex coworker or uh, just trying to figure out like a you know problem with like booth logistics or something, just someone that I can still go and talk to yeah. and and brainstorm about how we can fix it. Um, so yeah, just two absolutely wonderful women. Yes, I absolutely love them. They they're few and far between, right? Like you find people like that and they're so unique and just so instrumental. And I know Christina's had a big impact on like my career too. Like I absolutely adore her. She's so great. So how can we continue to support women and ensure that they feel safe and protected in this space? So a couple of things, right? So again, making sure leaders I don't care if you're a man, I don't care if you're a woman, MSB, vendor, uh, you know, uh, one eye seal. Yeah, <laughs> train seal, one eye people or one eye purple people eater. It was like an old <laughs> Halloween song that apparently only people from my generation know. Um, <laughs> but like, no matter who you are, if you're a leader in this space, having safe spaces for these conversations to happen mm-hmm. so that if you do have an uncomfortable situation or just, just a situation where like your instincts are going, Mm. yeah like I remember a show early on someone kind of pulled me aside and you know told me something I did that was actually kind of embarrassing for me but they told mm. me like oh it was good it was so funny and like do you uh I love taking pe- younger people like under my wing and do you need a mentor and I was just like this is weird this doesn't this is fishy yeah yeah this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and so just having people that it's safe for you to come to and say like hey is that person like, is, should I, am I missing an opportunity here? Or like, were my spidey senses right? Like, and in that situation, my spidey senses were right. Like, but having those safe places, right. And then if someone does come to you holding that in and Mm. not turning anything into gossip and I, you know, we don't, we don't need gossip trains, right. We don't need to be talking badly about each other. Like we all, we all make mistakes. We all can look back and say like, oh, wish I would have handled that different, but giving, giving grace. And then, you know, when someone does come to you with something, you know, keeping it, keeping it safe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think leadership is, is huge, but then also, you know, it, just between us as colleagues, right? Like what are, what are steps that are making you feel safer? Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I got a little like doorstop thing for my hotel room, right? So that if someone has the yeah. wrong key card or really did, you know, has like nefarious intent, we know that there are these things that can duplicate cards. And if someone yeah. happened to see me walking down the hall and knew which room was mine, like little things like that, that like, I hate that we're even talking about that, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what industry you're in, right? It could also just be that you're a guy with a really nice Rolex if somebody decided that they want, right? Right. So what are, what are little safety measures that we're taking when we're on the road that make us feel safer, like sharing mm-hmm. those things so that other people can continue to feel yeah, safe? Absolutely. Well, and going back to the leaders thing, owning kind of those conversations, I think it comes down to being transparent too, you know, like yeah. making sure that you can be transparent with your subordinates and your team and and anyone that you are on the road with that this could happen. I think a lot of us are remote, so I don't imagine it's happening like in offices anymore, but you know, like when we are on the road, I think just setting the foundation of like, be completely transparent with me. It's not going to affect like my opinion of your performance or like how you are as an employee. Um, I think it's really important that I I'm seeing a lot more of now, but I'm not sure like that it's always been the case. So 
And then also like, you know, you see like another, so like taking it back to women, right? Mm -hmm. You see another woman on the road that maybe doesn't know as many people and, Mm -hmm. you know, is you can tell they're hustling, man. They're trying to get out there and get to know people like introducing yourself and saying like, here's my cell phone number. Yeah. Because what if later on they are ready to leave the bar and it, someone is creeping them out, but they Mm -hmm. don't know anybody. Right. So just making sure that they're not only we're like, yeah, we're here for everybody, but like, how can we be actionable about that? You know, and, and making sure that if someone needs to be walked back to the, to their room, that there is a woman that can do that and make Mm -hmm. them feel safe. Um, or just, offer some help out of a, an icky situation or something. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's, it's tough. You're tired. You haven't eaten much. You had two drinks and they hit you hard. Like yeah. it, it happens to, to the best of them. And so what are we doing to like, not judge that person, but actually be there for them and help them stay safe. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing too, that I think with the safety piece, right. And we talked about, you know, holding space for people to be able to come to you with the difficult things. Mm-hmm. I think also um, when we are bold enough to talk about our experiences, you know, without naming names and all of that, I think it's so very, very important that like mm-hmm. we stop the conjecture, right? Sure. Like, oh, did you hear what she was talking about? Do you think it was this person or that person? Because mm-hmm. that right there makes us not want to tell our story. It right. makes us not want to tell our truth. And I just think it's so important that we stop the drama around that and let people speak their truth and move forward without turning it into this, again, the gossip mill, right? The gossip Mm -hmm. trade. Um, It's so important because if we're not doing that, then women will never tell their stories. Right. And men won't tell their stories either. And a a lot of men have stories about diversity, about inclusion that need to be told as well, right? Everybody has a perspective, but if again, for fear of people, you know, just putting in their two cents and then turning into a piece of gossip. And now you've taken something that could have been really great and lovely and helped someone move forward. And you're going to be scared to ever do it again. Right. That's another big part of it. Yeah. A big fear of like tarnishing your reputation because you're known as the girl who did like was involved in X or, you know, whatever the situation we definitely need to do better about stopping the gossip train before it it even starts, you know? Yes. And especially when it comes to powerful men, because, Mm -hmm. you know, not every powerful man is bad and that, and even powerful men that make bad choices in the moment that you then need to speak about um, Mm -hmm. as part of your story, doesn't mean that they're all, that it's, that they're fully bad. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a moment they have their perspective, whatever, but Again, if we're going to push these conversations forward, right, as women in the channel and make this, the, the space not just safer, but like bigger for yeah. us, right? So that we can do more so that we don't feel like, oh, I'm not technical enough. Oh, I don't know enough. So that we actually get an opportunity to have a seat at the table, right? Mm-hmm. Be involved in these expert panels and not, you know, just see the same people. Mm-hmm. The only way, and the only way we're really going to even push ourselves to be those experts a lot of times is to just have the opportunity to speak on something, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's going to come and ask you questions, you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down. It's like, I know a little bit about this. Let me get to know more. Let mm-hmm. me get to dig in a bit more because we have fresh perspectives. So yeah, anyways, I'll stop. Rambling on. Oh, <laughs> you could never ramble too long. Oh my God. I will never stop you. <laughs> Last question really for you. 
you know, we talked a lot about making sure that you you have people that you can go to to talk to about this stuff and and speak up. How important is it for networking and community building for women? Yeah, so, so, so important. I used to have a boss that said like, you know, when you see a turtle on a fence, it didn't get there by itself. (laughs) And like, it's like the silliest, most random saying in the world. But also I think about that stupid turtle all the time because it's uh, like, it's true. Like Mm -hmm. you, I, I would not be where I am with like, without the people that I've made connections to and, you know, men and women, but networking is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, Also like we're selling a product and how are you going to sell a product to someone that owns a business that you don't understand, mm-hmm. right? So if you're at a show, well, what did you come, like, what problem did you come here to solve? What, mm-hmm. and I love, one of my favorite, favorite things to talk to people about is how they got into, you know, this, the channel, right? Yeah. Like the first question you asked, right? People that like work at MSPs, it, the story is never the same. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to just hear just, you know, the random way that they ended up in it, or just that they like always loved computers and like almost got kicked out of high school for hacking into, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, it, we have a few of those. Um, <laughs> it's, but it's so interesting. It's it so is. cool. And you need to understand people to be able to sell them your products and to make sure that you're representing products that are going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it's super, super important. But again, back to the women thing and within our community. Yeah, because that's that's how we can, if there is someone that's being kind of creepy and giving a few people bad vibes, then, you know, we can talk about that, right? We can help each other not fall victim to something. And we're never going to do that if we don't build that community and, and have that trust in each other. But yeah, no, I, I would not would not be where I am without so, 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 so many people. And yeah. those relationships all came from just sitting down and talking and being willing to listen. Yeah, that for sure. I think that's a very big part of networking as well as, you know, having people that you trust in, in to keep you safe and also people that want to help you get where you want to go as well and supporting you along the way. Like Christine was very instrumental when I was making moves. I'm, I'm, sure she has been for you as well. Yeah, I absolutely. Well, then understanding what your career can look like, right? Yeah. And what it can evolve into. Uh, you know, I when I started off with all the event stuff, it was just like, okay, but like what like what what is that next step? Yeah. Like, I'm not networking and I'm not talking, right? I don't have any idea what those next steps can be, you know? Right. And you know, and like someone like Rob Ray, who's been very, very kind to me and given me a lot of great advice, but also was like, well, why aren't you doing this? This Mm -hmm. is the next. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even consider that that is the next thing that I should be doing for exposure or, Mm -hmm. you know, it just having those people that you just talk to, even if it's just a few times a year when you see them Mm -hmm. here and there, it, it just, it makes a difference. Yeah. Same for me as well. Like, I don't think that I would be on the path that I'm on without having all of the people in my life that have pushed me to get where I wanted to go. Like when I entered, I don't think I thought of making this a career, not that I had anything against it, but I didn't know what to do. And then with talking with people and people that supported me and wanted me to succeed, I was able to, you know, start to 
carve out a path and like figure out what I want to do and where to go. And I'm sure there's going to come a time where I can offer that to somebody else, but I'm also going to need it too, where I'm like, okay, what is my next step? Or like if I hit a roadblock or anything, and it's good to know that there's people like in our circle that are very supportive. And you kind of look at their career and say, okay, I like that. I like that next step that they took. How did they get there? You know, and kind of bringing it back to the beginning too, right? So you talk about building community. Well, that was something that I did at my apartment complex, right? Mm -hmm. Coming up with ideas for little community gatherings and getting to know my residents and making sure that when they came in to get a package, I could, I knew their name, I knew their apartment number, like all of that, Mm -hmm. which was why Joe Alipat reached out to me because Mm -hmm. he, he saw that and thought I had a good memory and thought, you know, it was really sharp, but that all came from building community. Mm -hmm. And then he helped me build that next step, right? Twice, because I worked with him twice. And he's mm-hmm. been an amazing mentor to me. He was the one that was like, Cynthia, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. And like, it it does not show the the, the power in your story. Like, we've got to make this better and is has really, really pushed me along the way. But again, none of that happens if, if I wasn't networking. Right. If I was just, you know, sitting behind my desk, making sure people paid the rent, like, right, it doesn't happen. So I, I really think that all the best things come from community. I mm-hmm. really, really do believe that. Get out of your comfort zone, build some more community, network, do all the things. Absolutely. Yeah, it's worth it. And you know what? Not everybody has to be a huge extrovert, like, right? Like mm-hmm. I could talk to 20,000 people and like literally try to have a conversation with a wall and I'd be happy. Yeah. Like I'm happy <laughs> to talk. But even if you're not, just finding a couple of people that like you feel safe around that you can make some connections who, you know, you can hang out with and you don't have to be the big social butterfly, right? but you can be around and you can absorb the information that they're getting by being the social butterflies. So absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining the podcast today. We're so happy to have you. I'm so glad you came and thank you for sharing your experiences and, you know, all the insights you've had. It's been a a great chat and I know you mean a lot to me and Kelsey and so many Mm -hmm. others, but we appreciate you sitting down with us. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so, so happy to be here. Super, super honored, super proud of what y'all are doing. I think y'all are amazing. Talk about pushing the the conversation forward and making more space. Like that's exactly what y'all are doing. And I think it's great. And anyone that's listening to Theme on the Road and you want to talk, I'm here. Awesome. Thanks, Cynthia. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 